everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, endeavouring to give you all the best selections from the biggest racing on the weekend. As always, I've got Ross Miller and Tom Collins alongside me. I'm really pleased to say we're coming off the back of a good weekend for the podcast. We've got to start, Ross, with Little Big Bear um, in the Phoenix Stakes. We all had differences of opinion, but you were very much Right, how impressed were you by this monster performance? You couldn't fail to be impressed, could you, Jess? Um, as is the way, um, sort of hyperbole about the performance in sort of 24, 48 hours afterwards. And then true to form, we all start trying to pick holes in it and say that it was a, a nothing contest. But I think whilst you have to take Brad Sell's run out of it, because he clearly injured himself uh, at some point during that race and, and stumbled come out of stalls, it still looked to me a monster performance. I think sometimes you just have to trust your eyes. You know, he mm. probably wasn't all out to, to do that. He had the race won from some way out. He looked absolutely comfortable. Um, it's hard to fathom how Persian force or anything else in that field could reverse the form to within even half that distance, as, as far as I'm concerned. I think Persian force looks like he wants further, but I'm of the opinion that if you put another furlong in front of Little Big Bear, he's only going to get better. Yeah, and that's what it looks like they might do as well. Uh, he's also physically the horse to improve next year too. He's a, a really big unit of a horse and guineas is, looks like the kind of aspirations they'll, they'll be thinking about over the winter. Uh, TC, do you think that's the kind of route that you'd like to see him going? Yeah, 100%. He's undoubtedly the best two-year-old we've seen this year. Um, I completely agree with what Ross said about using your eyes. Visual um, aspect of horse racing when you're analysing races is so crucial. That's why, you know, pundits are adept at looking at replays and looking for all the edges they can possibly find. And he just has that air of arrogance about him, Little Big Bear. He was just nudged onto the bridle by Ryan Moore and then he pricks his ears. He kind of looked around and thought, you know what, I am the star on show here. And he just quickened up to win by seven lengths. And as Ross has said, like these horses in behind are pretty good. I mean, Bradsell, yes, injured himself, but he still ran a good race around the level he ran at, at Royal Ascot. Persian Force is a proper group two, group one horse as well. So he hasn't beaten any back numbers there. He's beaten two top class juveniles. Little Big Bear recorded an RPR of one, two, two. Third fastest Aidan O'Brien trained win of this race since 1998. Um, two of them were faster. Master Craftsman, who... Um, actually ran on good to firm ground. So there's an edge there as to why he was faster. And Lavery back in 1998, um, who didn't even record an RPR anywhere near 122. So I would say that was probably Ed O'Brien's best win of the Phoenix Stakes. Mm. We get into this this theory where we look at these top top class sprinting juveniles and we go, yeah, this is going to win the Guineas next year. We did it with Luxembourg. We've done it with many other horses before. Uh, the majority being Ed O'Brien trained. But this horse has everything. He's got the pedigree to suggest he's definitely going to stay a mile. He has the running style to suggest that too. He has the scope to improve from two to three. It's hard to say he's going to win at this stage, but he's definitely the horse they've all got to beat next May. Yeah, absolutely. And also crucial for Aidan O'Brien to have a, a two-year-old of this nature. It's been a couple of years since he won the Phoenix Stakes, but he is the record holder of the race. And uh, whereas Godolphin have been long in two-year-olds for, for the last few seasons, it's very much Aidan O'Brien world. But maybe we haven't actually seen some of the best of the Godolphin two-year-olds yet, so we'll see. But Little Big Bear has got the world at his feet as it stands. Um, so that was one of our, our, our big highlights of last weekend. I was delighted to finally get a, a double through with um, 
uh, and Matt landing the Rose of Lancaster stakes in really impressive fashion. He won at three to one. That was my nap and each way play, but he went off, I think, a lot shorter than four to one in the end was go Bears go to the delights of Dave Lotnan and, and Ross Ryan over in the Curra. So a good weekend. We need to keep it up. So we'll head into Newbury um, this weekend coming and we've got the Hungerford Stakes where a race I always find interesting because obviously it's over the seven furlongs. There aren't that many options for these kind of horses throughout the season. So you can really find a horse thriving in, in a field like this. It's a group two and we saw a good performance from Sacred winning this last year. It's not been that kind to three-year-olds over the years, but William Haggis bids to repeat um, the success uh, with uh, the current favourite in Tiber Flow, who steps up into open company for the first time. And uh, we've got, outside of that, an older horse in Pogo, who ran a great race at Goodwood. Uh, Shindit's in here, double or bubble uh, for the Chris Wall team. Happy Romance, we've got Holly Doyle booked, replacing Sean Levy, uh, Dubai Poet, Jumbi, we can give out prices depending on selections. Um, Ross, I'll, I'll start with you first because, as I said, three-year-olds record not great in this race. Does that worry you? Is that or is that just a point that's kind of rather here, here or there? Uh, I thought it was a slightly disappointing affair, to be honest, Jess. I mean, I think it's a bit like the the Commonwealth Games, isn't it? The 200 metres. Winning the 200 metres is all well and good if you either win the 400 or the 100, but no one particularly worries if you win just the 200 because you're sort of stuck between not quite getting the mile in, in this instance and not quite being quick enough for six furlongs. So um, I take on board what you say about the three-year-olds. I, I just thought that actually the three-year-olds here with the, the two to focus on, uh, Dubai Poet and uh, Tiber Flow, as you said. Tiber Flow, I just don't see that this seven furlongs is going to is going to suit. Yes, he's won twice over seven furlongs, but they were in very weak contests. He was entitled to win them as he did. And I thought uh, last time over six furlongs when he uh, when he won, I thought he was running on vapours um, with Eras closing to the line. It didn't look to me like he was the horse that wanted an extra furlong. Um, so for me, it's Dubai Poet. I think they messed around a little bit with his trip. I thought last time was a really solid run in the Jersey Stakes. Uh, he wasn't helped. He raced in the middle of the track early and had to tack over to the to the rail, which was the favoured place to be. Um, and the winner of that race, Noble Truth, is a real specialist in that grade at that trip. I think he's a very smart horse at, at, at that level. So to get within one and a bit lengths of him, I thought was a was a big run. Um, I think he'll like this quick ground. I think this definitely looks like it's his trip. Um, and I, I expect him to go very, very close. I think he's a he's a big price um, in, a, mm. in a trappy enough little contest. Yeah, around the 12 to 1 mark as it stands. Also, be really pleased to see the Roger Varian team really hitting very good form at the moment. I think they've had a slightly quieter season by their standards, but over the last week or so, it's just hotted up for them. So Dubai Poet, the three-year-old, got course and distance at form as well of the seven furlongs. A lot of horses stepping out of six furlongs, stepping up and trip and uh, or coming back in trip as well. TC, what did you think? What do you make of Ross's thoughts, the, the shape of this race? It, sometimes it, it it can be a bit flat and, uh, you know, prize money sometimes on offer not that good. But there's, there's a lot, 100 grand, but just the 10 runners. Yeah, I don't think it's the best edition, like Ross said. And I, I do respect Dubai Poet. I think he's a player at a, a decent price. Um, Tiber Flow heads the market basically due to potential. Um, certainly not on proven form. I mean... This horse has got nowhere near the same level of form as some of the runners in the race. Um, I don't like the trip either. Last time out, he had headgear on, which has been taken off. 
there are loads of negatives, I think, about Tiber Flow. Um, if you're just looking, if you're a form player, there is no way you can be backing this horse at around 72, 3 to 1. Um, he probably won't even go off favourite. I don't like him at all in this race. Um, the horse I do like is Chindit. Now, I think this is probably because he's the solid option. Generally, you need to run to a mark of 115, 116 to win an average edition of this race. And this looks pretty average, so maybe not even that standard. Chindit, since he's turned three, he's run to a mark of 110 or higher on 10 of his 11 starts. He's a very consistent horse. You know he's going to be there or thereabouts. And the fact that he always runs to 110 suggests that he should be in the first three at the very bare minimum in this heat, given the, the lack of quality. Um, three of his last four efforts this year, he's faced a horse called Bayed. Uh, so he just had no chance in those races. There is no Bayed in this year's race. So um, look, Chindit's got a much better chance than he has done on his previous efforts. The one time in the last four efforts that he hasn't faced Bayed, he won a group two at Ascot. And that just shows that the class of Chindit. Look, he's no, he's no stable star at Richard Hannes. He's got better horses. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that, despite his lofty rating. And he's definitely not going to win this by a country mile. But he's definitely the solid horse in here. And he's the one that I would be backing and thinking, you know what, I'm going to get a run for my money. He's mm. much better value than Tiber Flow. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with you that the, the sentiments around Tiber Flow, I think, is the wrong favourite. And Chindit clearly is a classy horse. I want to get your thoughts on, on how this race might pan out for him, though, because I would flip-flop between himself and Pogo, who is my selection. Both of them can like to go on and make all. And Pogo was good at that at Goodwood where he ran a fine race possibly wasn't that suited by Goodwood in the end I think Newbury will suit him better um but Chindit the same um and I just think that Kieran Schumacher and Charlie Hill and Charlie Hills will, will do what they've always done and and just go for it and Chindit uh, I don't know he might not he might not get things like he wants to so I just fib that for him slightly and also he has to give weight away to Poco too how do you think that's going to set up for them no, I do think, I think Pogo will lead this race. I think they'll go down the centre of the track. Pogo will take him along. And I think Chindit will sit second or third just in behind. But I don't think Chindit has to lead. The, the thing with Chindit is he doesn't have an incredible turn of foot for a horse that's running over this distance, over seven furlongs, six furlongs. So mm. he needs that end-to-end gallop so that he can grind his rivals into submission. But if he's got Pogo going along at a decent clip, I don't think he has to be in front. I think that will actually suit him. It means that Pat Dobbs can get a run through the race in behind, track a horse, get some cover, and then wheel him out late and hope that he has that final kick. Um, there are other horses that I think will go forward in this race too, but Pogo definitely looks the most likely leader. And you have to make him a player based on his form. He is the form horse coming into this race. Mm. However, there, there is always that enigmatic side of Pogo um, that we've seen in recent years, less so this season. That I just personally can't go over. He's a bit well, up and I'm... down, isn't he, Pogo? <laughs> um, well, we love that. And I'm going to be up with Pogo, not down with him. And on ratings at 115, he is actually highest of the field, although he does, as I said, get he gets weight off the likes of Chindit. So I think that he's, um, the, I think he's a good horse in this race, but it's fascinating. Um, but maybe they'll just set it up perfectly for... Ross's selection to buy Poet. So we'll see. That is um, the Hungerford Stake, 3.35 at Newbury on Saturday. That's probably the, the classiest race uh, in terms of grade on uh, Saturday in the UK. Um, a good betting heat. And again, interested to see what the guys think in terms of the complexion of this race and whether it's a if, if it's a quality run mural or not, is the Great St. Wilfred, which will be run at Ripon on Saturday over six furlongs, as they always do. 15 runners bit of a, a nightmare for, for place betters, but 15 runners line up. Black Rod, now in the Caravet Bethel, 
which completely passed me by. I didn't see that this coming. Don't really know what Michael Dodds has done wrong at all, but still with David Armstrong, um, the owner, um, but now with the new trainer, he will likely head the betting for this. Um, he's had a bit of a break since Ascot. Summerhand is in here as well. Just another bottle last year's winner. Snash, Emperor Spirit, uh, the Archie Watson team. Not many uh, Southern trainers dare to bring horses up to this. Uh, Fortimore for Ben Haslam, um, Intrinsic Bond for Tracy Waggett, and Misty Craig for Tom Daskin brought, brought up as well from uh, Lambourne Base too. So as I said, 15 runners um, can be a bit of a puzzle to work out or was it, Ross? Um, yeah, it's absolutely a puzzle, Jess, but um, you sort of hit on, on my angle into it. Uh, last year's winner, it served me quite well with Comanche Falls. So that was my my first port of call. And, and the more I looked at just another bottle, the more I liked him. He's just two pound higher now than uh, winning a sort of... Uh, really decent handicap uh, three runs ago. I think his two runs since then have been slightly disappointing. I think one you can explain, he was racing over five furlongs at uh, York behind Royal Acclaim, who's the favourite for the Nunthorpe. So I think four lengths is a bit of a beating, but you couldn't really hold that against him. I mean, she'd, she'd be a high, high class horse. And then at Goodwood last time, that was disappointing because he had a nice run through the race and then just for whatever reason, didn't see it out. Um, Goodwood does suit some horses doesn't suit others so as long as I can find a reason to put a line through I will and Goodwood would be enough for me he's three from three uh, over course and distance he's got a decent enough draw I think he'd be able to get across to the to the stands rail uh, Kevin Ryan is 18 percent so far this month I thought there was a lot to like in in a in a wide open race okay just another bottle um restoring the faith in him I've, I've... Backed him at the Stewards Cup. He actually was a huge price in the end, um, and as you say, just just did never happened, never happened. So put a big line through that, and the Kevin Ryan team just get their sprinters finely tuned for this. Um, I, okay, just another bottle for Ross um, TC. I found this a bit tricky, but as I said, I'm not didn't think it was the best of best of races. There are some horses in here that are sort of making their way steadily up through the handicap. Could be a little bit more unexposed and have nice weights on their back. Um, any of those tempt you? Yes, um, I like Emperor Spirit, who is one of those up and comers in this race. He's a Southern Raider, as you say, from Archie Watson's yard, and he's going up to Ripon just for this event. He's been up to Ripon twice before and he's finished second on both occasions. So the undulating uh, track shouldn't be an issue for um, Emperor Spirit in this heat. He has plenty of early speed, um, which is crucial or has been crucial in this race in recent years. Now, there are obviously a load of other front runners in this race as well. Ross has touched on one in just another bottle. So I'm not sure if he'll be able to get to the front. But last time, just another bottle and Emperor Spirit faced off against one another. Just another, another bottle was in third in the early stages. Emperor Spirit actually outdid him early toes. So maybe that will happen again. Maybe he'll be able to get across to the near side rail from gate 13, which would be a huge advantage. I mean, I want nothing to do with any of these horses drawn low. Black Rod's in one, Summerhand's in three. If you look back at the history of this race, if you're drawn, to, uh, drawn low, you go far side. And then if you go far side, you have no chance of winning. The last horse that went far side and won this race is Matmu back in 2017. Now, there is obviously a caveat with that, and that is you're getting a smaller field this year, just the 15 runners, and therefore they may go in one group towards the near side rail. But even if that is the case, the horses drawn low are probably going to be, you know, sprayed out towards the middle of the track. And if not, they're going to have to take back to get some cover. I don't want anything to do with those horses. I think they're going to get terrible trips in the race. You need to race towards the stand side rail, and Emperor Spirit will do that. 
Okay, interesting. I wonder if you, you're, uh, knowing you're the stat man, wondering if you know the Archie Watson, PJ McDonald stats. I don't, but I, I'm fingers crossed they're, they're pretty good. Well, he's four, Do you know? four rides, only four in all time, and, only, and the one win, but he's going at a 25% strike rate. The rest, um, and then two placings. Not too bad at all, that. Yeah, look, we'll take that. We'll take that. Definitely take that. Yeah, we'll take that. That's a nice little uh, booking there with PJ McDonald. Fine rider. But um, enjoyed that um, angle about the draw because my selection's coming out of stall 14, so right next to you, Snash. Um, a horse that I think has thrived since joining Tim Easterby um, was formerly with Charlie Hills. And um, they played around with this trip. They came, at, they tried a mile, tried a seven. And actually six furlongs is where it's been really working out, especially with now cheap pieces on him. Um, he was a good winner of the Air Gold Cup trial race um, last time out. Um, don't think it was a hugely strong form of or much substance, but he did it in really good style. And I think they just slowly worked out the key to this horse. So I'm willing to give him a go um, in a slightly deeper field at a, at a bigger price. I hope to get around 11, 12 to 1, um, which probably will be what Emperor Spirit is. Maybe he, he might be a little bit bigger than that as well, around 14. So two there for you, um, Snash and Emperor Spirit at slightly bigger prices. Just another bottle, probably around that as well. I think Ross, you wouldn't want to be backing him at any less than 12 to 1, would you? No, I don't like to back anything less than 12 to 1, Jess. So, no, I think uh, <laughs> double figure in a in a race this nature sounds sounds good to me. Yeah, OK, I think we can agree with that. The, the great St. Wilfred handicap, um, a, a good betting heat at least for some value for us um, this Saturday. Um, as always, um, we're going to um, take a look at some of our bets of the week and our, um, our place plays and our, our naps. But before that... Stat attack time. I've given you the stats uh, for one there, uh, TC. Now it's uh, you. This is your section. Yeah, well, Ross will be very happy with this because we're going to the jumps track at Perth uh, for the one Tiring. stat attack this week. I know. <laughs> On I, the hottest of weekend of the year. <laughs> I was looking for stats at Newmarket, etc., Ripon, but I couldn't find any good ones. So we're going to Perth. Um, Sean Bowen has a 35% strike rate at Perth over the last five years. 33 winners from 93 rides, which is a phenomenal strike rate, um, and a £1 level stakes profit of plus £26.38p. Gordon Elliott is the leading trainer at the track in the last five years, with 54 winners from 150 runners, 36% strike rate, and another solid level stakes profit. Those two combined for six rides um, on the card. I think they're going to clean up at Perth. Um, I couldn't give you the best selection, because if I do that, I'll probably pick the wrong one. But they have plenty of chances on the card, so make sure you follow Sean Bowen and Gordon Elliott. Well, I'm, I assume Ross can give us the best selection of, of all of those off the top of his head. I haven't looked at Perth at all, Jess. I didn't want you to tell me off. <laughs> well, now that we've got that in mind, I'm sure that you will, will be looking through. That's great. Um, and mental to think that we are getting to that stage. A lot of the the, 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 the true national hunt types will be back in back in form at the moment because it is sort of coming around to it now. Um, we're thinking more about things like Road to Cheltenham and, and the likes all over our Twitter. It's wonderful. Um, but um, that's great for Stat Attack from TC as always. Um, now we're going to have the opportunity to have a, a nap and a place play. can be anywhere on Saturday. So Ross, um, this is where you uh, thrive last week. So where are you going to go on Saturday? Uh, I might have taken leave of my sense of this one, Jess, but, and I promise when you see the name, I, I've not been on the drink, but the 428 <laughs> at Newmarket 
features features the enigma that is Mum's tipple. Um, he's clearly not gone on to be what they thought he would be. But I thought his last two runs at uh, Newmarket and then Goodwood have been a step back in the right direction. He's actually a pound lower now than he was for both of those. The run at Newmarket has worked out really well. The winner, Nizika, has uh, bolted up by four lengths off a four-pound higher mark since. On both occasions, Mum's Tipple's been clean, uh, keen enough in the early stages and it just sort of hasn't quite seen it out. Now, that might just be what he's become, but I'm prepared to take the chance to drop back to six furlongs, perhaps make a bit more use of him in a smaller field um, in a weak enough heat. I thought he was worth chancing at a bit of a wild one. I like what you did there, not being on the drink for Mum's Tipple. He's got uh, Frankie Dottori on board as well, so um, big... Uh... Big rate jockey booking. Yeah, Frankie Dottori of uh, the John Gosden fame. Um, brilliant. So that's a nap selection for Ross. Uh, TC, what have you found? Yeah, the exact same race as Ross, uh, but a different horse. Stone of Destiny in the 428 at Newmarket. And this is another one where you could potentially think, God, what, what is this guy doing? This horse is probably the unluckiest horse in training on the flat. He never seems to get a clear run, never seems to win his races. But I thought maybe the punters would be tempted by Frankie Dettori's booking on Mum's Tipple. Uh, this horse hasn't won for 17 months. Ross, you must be on the drink there because uh, <laughs> he's a horse I cannot back at all. Um, not with your money, Ross, let alone my own. Um, Stone of Destiny, yes, he's also on a bit of a drought. But last time out of Goodwood, he was super unlucky. He was the best horse in that race. He finished fourth behind many a star. But Rod, Rob Hornby just couldn't find a gap at all in the final furlong. He would have won with any kind of clear run. Um, he's down to a mark of 85, which leaves him super well handicapped based on his best efforts. Jamie Spencer, here's the key. Jamie Spencer rides him for the first time in three years since his third race course appearance, Stone of Destiny. I don't know how many, don't know how many he's had since. It's got to be 30-odd at the very least. But Jamie Spencer takes the ride. He should suit this horse perfectly. Come late with a wet sail. Um, and his, you may think this horse needs fast gallop, big field, because you know he's always covered up and then comes late. But if you look at his record in fields with fewer than six runners in it, his form figures say one, two, two. So I don't think the small field is any kind of negative persona of destiny in the 428 at Newmarket. Okay, so Ross and TC taking each other on in the same race at Newmarket. Newmarket is also where I'm at for my nap selection. The 353, it's a Phillies nursery. I had the, uh, the joy and privilege of going to Carl Burke's yard earlier this week, and he's in flying form. His team are, are in excellent uh, shape ahead of the York Ebel Festival, and we will have a, a York Ebel preview um, to look forward to um, for that week coming up. But one of his horses I saw um, uh, exercising was Miss Jungle Cat, and uh, she is the top rated in the field um, of this Phillies nursery, but I think she's a lot a lot better than them by some way. So I think she's been actually handed... Um, She's she's on the same mark as she was with, of that Goodwood race the last time where she was a real eye catcher. I don't think she had a, a great um, run in. She had to race very wide and she just she stayed on very nicely in the final hundred yards or so. So I think I could trust her at a, at a fairer track at the Newmarket July course. Um, so I think she could keep um, Carl Black's very strong role of form going. So that is nap selection. We've also got, got place. Uh, plays for you as well for this week as SBK has place only odds available on all races so maybe a bit of a price Ross um, nothing less than 12 to 1 please Jess for the first time ever I could find nothing so many seven runner races and taking a place in, a, in, in that sort of circumstance is not for me so here's me stomping my foot 
shouting at the BHA to please sort it out because there's too much racing, too small fields. Repeat as you've heard in the media mm -hmm. for the last three months. Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. Um, if we can't find anything at a big price and a good competitive race, then we will not be tipping them. We're taping a taking a stand on the SBK betting podcast. Fair enough to you, Ross. Um, TC, what have you found at your uh, at your peril? Yeah, it was super difficult to find a place play this week. As Ross touched on, there's so many fields that are beneath eight runners. Um, it's just really ridiculous to try and find a place play. But I managed to find one. Uh, that is the 120 at Newbury, a horse called General Lee. This race has eight runners. Fingers crossed there's no non-runner because otherwise this place play is probably out of the window. Um, three rods, Fran Tank, Rogue Rocket and Definite will probably sit towards the top of the market. Hopefully shape the market, meaning we're getting a good price about General Lee. If you look at his form figures this season, you wouldn't be backing this horse. 7-0, they say. But last time out, I think he warmed up for this. He was coming back off a layoff um, at Goodwood, didn't handle the track, hung badly in the home straight. I think we're going to expect a much better effort here. He appears reasonably well, reasonably well handicapped based on last year's efforts. And Mohamed Tabdi in the saddle takes off a valuable £7. OK, thanks to TC. Found a place to play for us. Uh, that is it for this week's edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. We will be back with a York Ebor Festival special. So make sure to tune in to that. A reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 of free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply. But remember, subscribe, whatever podcast channel that you frequent listen on our youtube channel as well there's lots of other podcast content with all our sbk ambassadors who are around the country this weekend racing so enjoy that and we will see you very soon